<clears throat> it was Christmas morning. I think 1996, maybe 1995. I'll just say growing up as an only child, I've talked about this, you guys know this, Christmas never really was a disappointment. Just, you know, just being honest, fully aware, recognize my spoiled child status as an only child. I, I recognize it and I claim it, okay? It is what it is, or it is what it was. But this year, I'd asked for something kind of big. Literally, it was big. I'd asked for those all-in-one weight machines. You know what I'm talking about? Those, those all-in-one weight machines. You know, the one where you could sit at the chair, you could do a pull-up, you could do a bench press, you could do a leg curl, uh, individually or all at the same time. I don't know how, but you probably could. So, For some reason, that's what I really wanted. So I woke up. That Christmas morning, uh, sometime, I think, in middle school, expecting something huge, big, underneath the tree. I rushed downstairs and turned into our living room, and there was the Christmas tree, but there were no huge presents. There were plenty of presents, because, again, I'm an only child. But there was nothing big enough that resembled anything close to a weight bench. While it was probably evident on my face, I went through the motions that morning of opening all the other presents, um, but not the ones that I didn't really want, but uh, without trying to give uh, the appearance of disappointment on my face. Finally, all the presents were opened, and I again tried to put on my, you know, my happy face, and my parents uh, and I started to clean up. And then my parents said there's one more thing, and they handed me a card. And I thought, that's not a weight bench. I opened the card. I didn't say that out loud, by the way. I opened the card to find a clue. That clue took me to another room in the house where I found a clue. That clue took me another part of the house where I found a clue. That clue took me outside to our backyard where I found another clue. And that clue took me to the shed of our backyard neighbor's house where there was a weight bench waiting for me. Looking back, I don't know what I was thinking. I barely used the thing, as you can tell. I ended up hauling that thing wherever I moved to, and finally, we just got rid of it while we were living in Vidalia. So that thing stayed with me almost 20 years, collecting dust. And I probably used it 20 times, if that. But I'll never forget that Christmas. I'll never forget that gift. My, my parents knew what I wanted, and they gave it to me, but they gave it to me in such a special way. And I have been truly blessed with two amazing parents. They've always provided for my needs, and more often than not, they have provided for my wants. Well, this morning, Jesus tells us that our Heavenly Father wants even more for us. Jesus says that just like an earthly father or parents want good for their earthly children, our heavenly father wants even more because our heavenly father is so much greater and so much better than anything we can possibly imagine. 
We're continuing this morning our Lenten series on Listen to Him. I've already said that. We go, as we go through these 40 days of Lent that, that get us to Easter, from Ash Wednesday to Easter, and we're taking time and we're being intentional about listening to the words of Jesus as we journey with Him to the cross. And we find in this passage from Luke 11, Jesus stopping and teaching His, his disciples, and thereby us as well. Jesus has t- just taught the 12 disciples the, the model of prayer that he wants them to pray, we call it the Lord's Prayer. We said it this morning. I'm not going to go into that too much because we just spent about five weeks going over the Lord's Prayer. Um, so I'm not going to go in depth on the Lord's Prayer. Just remember the word pray as we talked about. P-R-A-Y, pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. When you're trying to get into a, a rhythm of prayer, remember the word pray. P-R-A-Y, pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. And so Jesus has just taught them the Lord's Prayer, verses 1 through 4, and then in verse 5, he goes on to ask his disciples a couple of questions. He gives them a couple of hypothetical situations. See, three words this morning really capture for me the meaning uh, of today's passage more than any other, and they're not the three words in my title of my sermon, Ask, Seek, and Knock. The three words are, How much more how much more jesus seems to have one major agenda in his teaching about prayer at least in this gospel of luke it's about it's not about technique you know like how we sit or where we sit or or what we do or how if we stand or not or close our eyes or nothing like that do this or say this though he's given us a model and and words to say But Jesus' singular goal in teaching on prayer is to reveal to us what God is like. And in doing so, Jesus gives us two examples. Example number one. A friend comes to your house in the middle of the night needing help. You can't help, but you know I can, so you come to my house. I don't want to get... get, get, I don't want to help you. I don't want to get to the trouble of getting out of bed. I'm already asleep. I got three kids at home. They're asleep. I finally can put my head down. Why are you coming to me for help? The only reason I ultimately get up and help is because you are so stinking shamelessly loud that you're going to wake up the entire neighborhood. That's the only reason I'm helping you. So what's the point? If we just pray loud enough, hard enough, long enough, God will finally answer our prayers? Honestly, I preached a sermon that basically said that. Kind of ashamed of it. Just keep persevering and God will hear you. No, the point of the story is that God is nothing like that. That's the point of the story. If this friend who doesn't really care about this other friend, gets out of bed to help, how much more will our Heavenly Father come to our aid? There's no need for shameless audacity. Just ask, just seek, just knock, just pray. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, really? Is that what you're bringing to me this morning? Is that what you're bringing to me today? In the face of everything that i got going on, in the face of everything that I'm walking through, in the face of everything that I need, you're really just going to tell me to pray about it? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. When did prayer stop being enough for us? When did prayer stop being enough for us? When did prayer become too shallow to speak to the God of the universe as a child speaks to his father? When did the invitation to commune with the holy and cast our cares on the almighty become cliche? Jesus is telling us that God is listening to us. Ask, seek, knock. How much more? So that's just the first example of what God is like. Here's example number two. No father, even the worst, would give, the, give their children poison when they ask for milk. So if, if even the worst will do good for their children, how much more will our Heavenly Father? And listen, I do realize that some of you may not have had the best parents in the world. Some of you may not even know who your parents are. But even for those of us who had good parents, Jesus wants us to know that our God, our Heavenly Father, is greater and better. Jesus is basically saying, God, our Father, is so much better than the best that you can possibly imagine. I can't possibly fully get it across to you because you don't even have the categories to process it. Your brain can't even handle it. There's not like a compartment up there that says, man, this is exactly what God's like. Because he's so much better than we can possibly imagine. How much more? Jesus says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus says, listen, Alan, I know. I know you think that weight bench, you know, that scavenger hunt was cool and fun and neat. And I want to tell Jesus it was. And you did and you do have some great parents, but you can't even fathom how great your heavenly father is and how much he wants to give you and how much he loves you. Just can't even. I gave you two. I gave you a great example. But even them, they don't even, they don't do it justice. Our Heavenly Father, He gives us daily bread. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us peace and protection and deliverance and more. But how much more will He give us the Holy Spirit? The gift of Himself, His presence. Again, God is better than the best that we can possibly imagine and even better than that. So I ask you this morning, have you asked God to give you the Holy Spirit today? We hear this in Romans, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If we listen to Him, listen to Jesus, as our series says, we will ask our Heavenly Father to give us the Holy Spirit. 
Listen, this season of Lent, these uh, 40 days leading to Easter, is a great time to ask and to seek and to knock for God to give you more of Him, more of Him, more of His presence, more of the Holy Spirit. The spiritual disciplines and practices of fasting, giving up something that, to draw closer to God, giving up something that, that, that you sort of draw close to, cling too tightly to, so that you can draw closer to God, that's fasting. And prayer, those practices are perfect ways of seeking more of God. Fasting is a great reminder that beyond any craving we have for a certain type of food or, or even a meal during a whole meal during the day or even, you know, things that, that, that we cling to, any one thing, there is a deeper longing, there is a deeper craving inside of us to have more of God. Those things that we think we crave for, we crave, those things that we cling to, are really signs of misplaced cravings, of misplaced longings that should be for God. So as you fast and you pray this Lent, what are you seeking more of? Are you seeking more clarity in a decision that you need to make? Are you seeking more provision? Are you seeking more opportunity? Who are you seeking more of? Are you seeking more of your Heavenly Father? Ask, seek, knock. You know, to knock is to take action. It requires courage and risk. But Jesus indicates that all we have to do for the door to, to open is to knock. It's to knock. And the door will be open. There's no hidden code there's no secret password. There's not even a secret knock. Just knock, and the door will be opened. I think too often we're afraid that the door is going to be slammed back in our face. Or we're, we're, we're afraid that we'll be told to go, go away and come back later. Go away, come back later. I think... I'm, I'm, I think that's sometimes the picture we have of God. But the image Jesus gives us is of a good father who delights in giving good gifts. He's not merely the friend who can't be bothered to get out of bed until you bang loud enough to wake up the whole house. He will not be pestered into action or annoyed into answering. That's not the way God works. You don't have to fight for his attention. We often, sometimes, we, we present fasting during Lent as a way of gaining God's focus. If we'll give up this for Lent, then God will take, take notice of our meager sacrifice. Lord, see, I'm giving up my chocolate. Please look at me. Look at my sacrifice that I'm making. That, you know, God's going to notice our meager spiritual sacrifice and he's going he's to offer the crumbs at the table for us, the leftovers. Fasting is not a hunger strike to win the attention of God. Fasting does not put his focus on us. It puts our focus on him. It teaches us to long for what we need most, the much more of him. 
Ask for that. Seek after that. Knock on the door. And your Father, who knows how to give good gifts to His children, will give more of the best gifts to you. Namely, much more of the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want you to do. Here's the challenge. Let's challenge each other to focus our fasting and our prayers on the how much more. The how much more that God longs to pour out on us. Let's ask together as His children for more of the Holy Spirit and let's surrender to all that comes along with Him. See, I think sometimes, listen, I think sometimes we're afraid to ask God for more, for more of His presence, for more of the Holy Spirit, for more of Himself, because we're afraid of being made uncomfortable. Because trust me, if we ask God for more, for more of Him, for more of His Spirit, for more of Himself in our lives, God is going to give it to us, and that means we're going to be made uncomfortable. He's going to take us out of our comfort zone. Even, and listen, even though the only thing in life, the only constant in life is change. Y'all heard that? The only constant in life is change. We like, we sure do like things to stay the same. We like things the way they are. We like the things the way they've always been. But if we truly start asking God for how much more, things will change. You will change. You will grow. You will grow to look and to, to act and to sound like Jesus. It will happen, I'm telling you. So if we're going to ask for how much more, we need to also ask God for the strength to surrender to whatever comes our way. And here's what's coming when we ask for how much more. When we ask for more of God's presence, more of Himself, more of the Holy Spirit, we're going to get love. We're going to get joy. We're going to get peace. We're going to get patience. We're going to get kindness. We're going to get goodness. We're going to get faithfulness. We're going to get gentleness. And we're going to get a little self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Now, some of us have more fruit growing than others. You hear me? Or, some fruit has withered over time. What fruit does God need to grow in you? Or give you more of? You know that whole thing where we pray for patience? Lord, or joy. Maybe you're just lacking joy. Man. Gentleness. Self-control. Listen, Jesus invites us into this relationship with him. He does so by inviting us to ask and to seek and to knock. It's an invitation it's an invitation to more of God. And who, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? So let's take Jesus up on his invitation. Let's ask God how much more. Let us pray. Father, we do ask for more.
because we know that where we are right now is not where you want us. Father, we thank you for the saving grace of Jesus. We thank you that as we choose Christ, that you see us as your children. But you want your children not to just stay there, but to move and to grow and to become more like Jesus. So, Father, we pray for more of your Spirit. Give us more of your Spirit that we may grow those fruit that you so desperately want in our lives. We pray that as we pray and as we fast, that as we ask and we seek and we knock, that you would indeed give us more of yourself. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. I